Welcome to THRS Deep Cuts. I'm Andrew. I'm Tim. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we're back again to do another episode. Make sure you're following us. All of the details are in the description of this episode, either on video or audio form. Just you know, hit the links and, and check us out. Follow us, subscribe, all those sorts of things. Give us any feedback you've got as we go along. Uh, we also have a Patreon page out there if you'd like to give us a bit of support. So we will greatly appreciate it. Anything you can give us in that regard is fantastic. So check that out as well. And a big thank you to our wonderful sponsors in Squidding Screen Printing, Alt Cult, and Rockstar Finance. Find them. Their details are, again, like everything else in the description for this. So give them a follow. Show them a bit of love for the support they give us here at the show. Coming up in this episode today, we're going to be covering the latest from High as Hell, Eternum, Nuclear Power Trio, and a classic from Triumph. Uh, but first thing, we've got a hot topic coming up in a second. So before that, how are you going, Tim? It's only been a few days, I think, since I've seen you pretty much. Yeah. So what's news, if anything? Not, not, not much at the <laughs> moment. I'm just uh, uh, watching everybody freak out um, over yeah. the election, over... <laughs> Over uh, COVID restrictions being eased, over mm. everything. So um, yeah, just trying, trying to not be involved. Yeah, <laughs> but just trying to laugh at people from a distance is probably better. Just the the point of the the months and yeah. laugh. <laughs> yeah, pretty much yourself. Yeah, right. We got the good news on the weekend that the twenty five k barrier is now lifted, so we able to see that the girls are going to come over and stay with us next weekend. So. That's kind of given us that we've ticked that goal kind of thing yeah. and, and we're able to move on a little bit now. So it's made things feel a little more real. Yeah, that's it. And the weather's getting better. I've been working on the set a bit more and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, just keeping busy and enjoying it, watching the politics like I always do, but um, while listening to music and editing content but and just generally admiring the silliness of everything at the moment in, in general, of which there's plenty. Um, but we won't go into all that. We've got some other stuff that is I think, uh, more relevant to us. We'll go into today's hot topic. And this is, we've got the the article here. So I'm just going to bear with me for a minute while I sort of read this off a little bit for you, Tim. So I'll give you a bit of background on this. The headline from Tech Insider that I've got here, which is apparently linked to a release from the Spotify company themselves. Uh, Spotify will promote artist songs to more users if they agree to lower royalty payments. So as part of an upcoming trial, artists will be able to promote their songs on Spotify to more listeners, but they must agree to a lower royalty rate. Uh, artists can select tracks that Spotify will favor when recommending new music to users, but Spotify won't guarantee that artist tracks will be added to playlists and said it would only recommend music it thinks listeners want to hear. So that will be starting soon as a trial. There's more detail if people want to get into it than that. But basically, it's the nuts and bolts of it is, is if you're a Spotify user, um, if you'll get like if you're using the Spotify radio function or you know you get your new release weekly playlist that comes out or Discover Weekly, it might be inserted into those things. But only if Spotify thinks you're actually going to like it, you're not going to be like what Apple did when they forced everyone to have the U2 album on their phone. It's not quite like that. And it's not paying up front. You just take a, a cut out of your... The reason Spotify wanted to take it out of the royalties as opposed to making people pay up front was that it wouldn't preclude more underground artists from being involved in it in that respect. So that was their reasoning behind it. Any thoughts on that? It depends on how you view Spotify. Mm. So if you view Spotify as replacing the CD, um, I was, I, this probably sounds like a pain in the ass, to be honest with you. Yep. Because, you know, you, you're reading into your royalties for promotion in this kind of play-to-play world. But if you look at Spotify as replacing radio, yeah, then it's, it's, it's probably better than radio because it allows you to compete in a more more of an even keel with, with bigger bands yeah, in the same marketplace, especially with, you know, like the Spotify has got every bit of information about you possible. Yeah. Um, especially because I'm sure they linked it with Facebook and whatnot as well. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it, it, it's social media interaction. Spotify is probably the best of all the music pl- streaming platforms. Exactly. I mean, uh, if they think you'll like something, you know, Chances are you probably do, to be honest there, with you. There actually aren't too many misses. The only things that I've noticed have been misses have been because of the diversity we listen to things on. If Because there's a, a – I should put it in the bin, but I won't. But you know when 
people use an artist's name as their name, so it jumps the higher. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll listen to, to a White Snake album, but there'll be some underground, you know, SoundCloud guy who's put the artist's name as White Snake. And so I've listened to a White Snake album, and there's a new track from White Snake, but it's not actually White Snake kind of thing. So that might be the only place it falls down. But generally speaking, it's pretty good. Yeah. So like, like for me, it is replacing radio. Yeah. So on the whole, I actually don't mind it, which I don't know if it's a controversial position, but I actually don't think this is the worst idea in the world. I don't think it is either. Um, so I don't think it's that controversial to think that way. I know that Brendan would probably might or might have a different take on it to you and I, uh, which is funny because it was his idea that sent it through to us to begin with. Uh, yeah. And then he's too busy. You can't make it. He's got too many pores to clean. But uh, um, the... I don't know. Did you want have any more you wanted to add, or you? I don't know. No, I said if you is replacing radio, which I mean, back the, the whole goal, the whole goal of radio is to you know give people a teaser and hope that they buy a CD. Whereas, mm. um, and the downfall of that is you know radio got to play the 10, 10, dead ten tracks, and you know as a, a radio station put it, you know it's the it's the music between the ads. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with Spotify, you know, again, it's the same thing. It's giving you that um, that little teaser when you discover weekly or your daily mix or whatever. Yeah. Um, to uh, give you that uh, the thing that hopes you'll buy a T-shirt or shop or show or something like that. So, uh, yeah, like, I don't mind it. Yeah. I'm actually, yeah, like I, I don't think it's that bad of a thing. Um, I get that. If you automatically oppose to Spotify, if you think Spotify is the devil, this is going to sound really horrible to you. Like I don't think there's any. This is not going to convince you to change your mind on it. I think it's important to note that in the same article that I've referenced here, they mentioned that um, there's about a thirty percent uptake in Spotify users during or since the pandemic began because people are looking for new ways to entertain themselves. And that's why Spotify have so heavily invested in the podcast market. Are you getting Joe Rogan and all that sort of stuff going on? I even looking at our audio information, our when we have all, all our stuff on YouTube and that, but we've started recently uploading it to audio platforms. And our most used audio method is Spotify by a long or big, big margin, by a huge margin. In fact, it's insane how much we haven't got a wide listener base yet. We haven't been promoting it, but just on organic reach, Spotify is much, much further ahead by 60 plus percent out of the rest combined. It, takes up a 60 percent pie at least so it's a big platform most people use it there is a free option on there as well uh so being on that platform is not a bad thing and i don't see yeah i get that people that this idea the comp this will eat into the idea of the conversation that kicks around about you know what a song is actually worth yeah i get it in terms of cd sales and all sorts of stuff but streaming is not meant to replace cd sales and it never will i think vinyl sales will ultimately replace cd sales again in that context for my opinion on it i think i agree with you in that yeah it's definitely replacing radio and radio is feeling the pinch much like tv is feeling the pinch of netflix it's the same game playing out in that regard giving a consumer choice is never a bad thing and if and Spotify, like I said, the algorithm's pretty good. So if you're willing to take a cut out of your royalties, which if you're, especially if you're an independent artist, that's not a huge hit to take. You're already behind the eight ball anyway. And it gives you- I'll a tell you right now, I've got 25 bucks in royalties. Yeah. And which you're is, in two bands. <laughs> well, this is from one of the bands. Yeah. And to be honest with you, 25 bucks is pretty good. Yeah. Well, that's all things considered. Well, but even then, you compare it to what you get out of a radio play. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's we've played on radio before, and you're not getting anything. Hmm. So the argument to me about you know what a song end song is worth per stream, that's all ultimately an irrelevant argument. I think it's more important to get yourself heard and grow your audience because then you'll convert sales, quote unquote, out of that metric, not the individual. It's, doesn't matter if you get a thousand streams or ten thousand streams ultimately it's not gonna be enough to make you a full-time job anyway you have to get a bigger market share than that to make it work and that's always been the case anyway it's either a really small loyal engaged fan base that you will put their hard earned into you or it's a big fan base that's not as engaged but you are viable 
to the mass consumption side of things. So I think that this is a, a pretty good idea. Ultimately, I don't really have a lot of problem with it. All it is asking you to do is sacrifice what you actually don't have. <laughs> Cause yeah, if you're, not getting, if you're not getting played, you're not getting any royalties anyway. So, you know, your song's already got to be on there. It's, you're not paying to be on the playlist. If it was paid to be on the playlist, I would have a different conversation about that. That would be wrong. Uh, but Spotify categorically, categorically said that that's not the case. So as long as that's not the case, and you're just sacrificing yeah. royalties, then I don't actually have a problem with it. It tears things out, but again, it's at no net cost. So, yeah. Interesting interesting one i don't know how long it'll last for it is a trial thing they're talking about now so you know we'll, we'll see what happens but i think it was always going to go down this sort of path anyway there's always going to be tiered levels to these sorts of platforms at some stage anyway that's how well, it's, it only tiered if, it's, it's only tiered if you know only a couple of bands take it up hmm. and even if they do you're probably still because you've still always got the, you know, people who like this will listen to this in those artists' yeah. tabs and those all. So if you start going down, and I've done it before, you hit the rabbit hole and you go nuts, do it with YouTube, you do it with Spotify, you'll most likely be in the right places anyway if you're doing a good enough job with getting your stuff out there. So I don't think it's a, I don't think it's an exclusionary measure, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's, I reckon it's actually not a bad idea. We'll see how it goes. It might revert back to the way it is and it'll be nothing. But let us know what you think out there while we, uh, move along and we'll get a get a few reviews done tonight what do you say to that yep of course we're going to kick it off with a couple of aussie acts first up is high as hell with their debut razor blade dream uh, this is eight tracks for 46 minutes the debut album from the australian band released november 2020 by dinner for wolves recorded by band member tony Kalea, who longtime uh followers of ours will know from a band called ordemia uh mixed by Simon russell this comes to us through the tireless work of one chris marriage of marriage media so over to you what do you think of this one i love this, this <laughs> i thought you might <laughs> yeah this is um like like straight out of like didn't like New Orleans stoner blues, mm. uh, hard rock. Like I would, I the way I would describe this is kind of like like dope smoker by sleep meets corrosive conformity. Yeah, the the COC thing completely. I get that. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because I mean, when I say you know stoner rock thing, there is obviously a little bit of that. Because I mean, we're straight with the guitar tone and all that, yeah. and it's that it's the um. It's really heavily guitar heavy mix as well, so it yeah. really does push push the speaker quite well. Mm. But at the same time, it, it it it's also got these wonderful hooks and choruses in it. Yeah, that that just stick with you, and it's 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 a really well done album, all things considered. Mm. Um, I don't like, and like I said, the the mix is. Like for an ordinary album, I think would probably not work, but for this style of music and what they're going for, absolutely works. And it yeah. gives them a unique sound. And yep. it, it's, <laughs> I, yeah, I really done quite a lot. Uh, cool. Razor Blade Dream is my highlight. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're into, you know, if you're into Crowbar and Corrosion of Conformity and uh, even bands like Down. Yeah. Yeah, like def definitely check this out. Like, this is great stuff. Uh, eight out of ten. Cool. Well, I had had emails from them leading up to this release, so I checked out a clip. So I had at least some idea of what I was in for. And this is not like the previous project or Demia that I know um, Tony. From. This is heavy and rugged, very cool. Listen, I got down out of his life. Well. I've got it sort of a, a think down meets Black Sabbath with a bit of Kill Devil Hill touch of Rob Zombie and 1996 era of Marilyn Manson, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Tonally in that regard in there. It's much more musically like down out of the bunch of those that I've talked about, but there's elements of the other ones that are woven into there that make it interesting sonically to listen to. Uh, it's no frills. It's gritty straight ahead, sort of heavy rock to metal. Uh, it's got some really nice groove though. So it's got that bit of Pantera effect, which is where I got the, the down reference from. Uh, That's like, it's like, it's like a um a uh, very much a uh, a uh, 
a Vinnie Paul groove to it. Yeah, there's something about that big, Mm. big, solid backbeat. Yeah, and they use it really well on this, and and the playing of the 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 guitar and the bass along that. I love the use of groove on this record. Uh, they aren't afraid to slow it down though, which is really cool. Uh, it's got some nice intensity. It's got some good energy. I like the sludge in it, but overall the dynamics between all that are really well balanced and they play off each other nicely. It's got a dirty mix. The tones of that gritty side of things too, but it all works like you were saying in their favor, like for other artists, it may not work as well as it does for these guys, but it suits their, the sounds I've captured suit the music and the attitude they've gone for perfectly on this uh i like the guitar and the bass tones particular for this where the vocals sit really work they just back that little bit so they sort of echo through to the front nothing is flashy but it's all really well done and it's, and it's surprisingly a lot warmer to listen to than what this might sound like in in the context of how we're describing it but i like how this swings really hard but also how they played with space in the writing and also when they allowed things to open up in the, in that context in the production side as well was really well done. This would be a lot of fun to see live. I reckon this would be a hell of a lot of fun. I can't imagine it sounding too much different. And that's the thing too, you know, there's no nothing, no, no flash, no bells and whistles, no add-ons that they couldn't pull it off. But, it's a three piece, but really heavy power just, it doesn't, it sound, it doesn't sound like a, again, I'm harping on about this guitar tone, but, yeah. um, it doesn't sound like, you know, you put a microphone in front of a guitar in a studio and you run it through your pre's, you run it through, by the yeah. time you get to the front, like the end product, like it doesn't sound like that at all. Mm-hmm. It just sounds like you put a 58 in front of, you know, top <laughs> yeah. speaker and then that was it. Have Ant will play. Yeah. That's- yep. Dial it up and go for it. And it's- yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's the old thing about um, getting it good at the source and not fucking with it. Yeah. And they've got that right on this one. Uh, I thought the lyrics were fantastic on this. They, that, that brought that darker sort of edge to this and also added to the intensity. Good mix of long and short songs. Great performances all through it too. Uh, the gear changes across the album made this one really easy to take in on repeat spins too. Uh, and how they snuck that instrumental track toward the end was really clever as well. There's, there is... Like for how rough and ready this sort of stuff is overall, there's little touches of things, just a little foley that make the ear candy side of things that little bit more interesting. Like I put the headphones on and there's a little bit going on the layering, nothing over the top. There's nothing you'd miss live. But when you listen to it through the headphones and you're deep diving, it's like, oh, hang on, there's a bit more to dig into. And that's cool as well. Uh, And they, on top of that, when they strip things back for dramatic effect, that was done nicely too. Basically, if you like a gritty, punchy, a little bit dark, this is one to check out. And this one, it grows on you more the more time you spend with it. And I wanted to go back to it when I was done. I'm definitely going to keep an eye on these guys and check them out live when I can. Nothing ground, you know, groundbreaking on this, but fuck, it's really well done, um, especially as a self-produced kind of project too. That it, it, you don't think it is. This sounds great. Eight and a half out of ten for me. Uh, Night Demons. I also picked Razorblade Dream and Dying on a Lonely Street as my standouts on this one. So we're in a unified front so far. Let's see how boring we can be this week because we've had a few ones where we've been in agreement <laughs> <laughs> with each other. There's so a lot of good releases this year. That have yeah. on the radar. So once, once we got into the groove of doing it all via Zoom again, we've, we've found some great stuff to listen to, which is which is cool. So let's let's see if the next one fits in the same boat as everything else we've we've found so far this is eternum with alone but for the breath of beasts six tracks for 41 minutes it's the debut solo ep from steve hughes who's most likely much well known more so for his comedy these days uh released october 2020 by identical wolves steve performed the drums guitar and vocals while writing and recording the music alone he had former bandmates Pete Petrich in for a few guitar solos and Lachlan Mitchell in to produce overall the release. This is another one that came to us via Marrick Media, so we'll give him a big shout-out because he's doing a lot of good things. But where did you land on this one? I'm curious. I was really curious about your opinion on this. Well, this is right up my alley. Yeah, that's why I was. I thought you'd like this. I was hoping you would like yeah. this. If you, did, if you didn't like this, I was going to be concerned. Oh, this is... This is... This is... Um... This is the sort of this is um. So when I was a kid, you know, you <laughs> found heavy music, mm. and this was the stuff that made you love heavy music. Yeah. 
It's, you know, it's it's these wonderful grooves played in this hypnotic way. Yeah. And it's just got these wonderful, you know, wonderful dark vibes to it that <laughs> yeah. that just set the mood. It's 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 so wonderful. I, I this think it's 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 dissonant in all the right ways. Yeah. And it's it's this is also a lesson in songwriting as well. Like you don't have to do too much. You just have to play the right note mm-hmm. when the right note calls for it well, and just, play just it for the on, right amount of time. Just on that, just so you know how he did this, right? Going through his musical history, he's he was with Slaughter Lord, Mortal Sin, uh, Nazgul, uh, Presto and Primordial. They've all been a part of his musical journey and then he went off into comedy, the comedy stuff and all that. Uh, he taught himself the guitar to do this one. He recorded the drums live with no backing tracks. He played without a click, no guides, nothing. He memorized it all, played the drums, and then played the guitar to it and did the vocals. Yeah, not an easy thing to do, man. No. And this dude's an, uh, I was just, we all know how good bands like Mortal Sin are. Yeah. Um, but um, band, even like Nazula are awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, what can you say? He's an old pro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, doing what he does best. Well, mm-hmm. actually, I can't say that. His comedy's pretty good, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> One of the better ones going around for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure, man. Um, just a talented uh, man all Yeah. Um, for a point of reference, um, this is – it's a similar vibe to the, the latest Dark Throne album that we did, Old Star. Yeah, actually. Yeah. It's kind of that um, – it's not quite in the black metal vibe, but kind of is. But it's also yeah. got that kind of crust punk, old motorhead kind of groove to it. Yeah. Um, that kind of heavy, dirty rock meets, yeah, like playing with the black, black metal, metal side. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's again, it's that kind of warm hypnotic tones, very atmospheric rhythms and stuff. Beautiful stuff. So, well written, incredibly well crafted. Nine out of ten. Uh, Jesus Serpent Blood is my <laughs> highlight, and yeah, I love this album. That's a very cool track as well. Yeah, yeah. No, this I did enjoy this, and probably liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Not that I didn't like it on the first pass, but I was like, okay, this is going to take me a minute because this isn't my traditional wheelhouse per se. But I've grown to enjoy this stuff a lot more, I think, pretty much since you came onto the show. <laughs> so you've been an influence on me in some way, shape, or form. Uh, if you are interested in checking this out, make sure you check our search for uh, Eternum, not for Steve Hughes, because under the Spotify thing, whatever else, he's, it's look it up for Eternum alone but for the breath of beasts look for it that way just as i wanted to make sure there's a a, a point referenced in that so as you've covered off this is dark and heavy like i said it took me a minute but once i got it okay it was really cool and the the craft on display the diversity within within this release was really well done uh, for for this as being you know sort of self-produced kind of stuff ultimately the the addition of foley things like storms human interaction soundtrack kind of stuff in the background layering panning all added to this really wonderful haunting dark atmosphere that was you know added to that sort of hypnotic effect you were talking about for mine as well but i thought the lead work on this was good in addition to all of that some fantastic note choices were present in this which made it interesting to listen to like once you started getting into the headspace for this it was there's a lot more to it than just you know, that motorhead black metal kind of thing that you've referenced, there's a lot more going on in more subtle ways than you might expect when you think about it in those terms. It's really intelligent stuff. I like the tones. This has got that raw edge to it, which is really nice. This is, but it isn't the, um, the mattress on the wall kind of effect either. No, no, but it's similar to high as hell. You know, you get it right at yeah. the source. Yep. Um, again, and, and don't fuck with it too much. Yeah. And that's what's been done here. It's just got the right blend of grit and polish, a bit of crunch in there. I thought the production was really well done on this. Uh, it's got that old school, but it also is relevant to today's sound in there as well. It's not just another album. This is really not. It does stand out in a lot of respects. You've got 
you know, the harsher vocals, but the, the pitching of them, the melody as well, it wasn't just harsh vocals. There was some nice melody in this. The composition was impressive. You've got heavy blasting stuff, but then you've got some really awesome swing and groove going at the same time. And, you know, this is a long way from the softest thing out there, but it's not the single most heavy thing out there that's going to put a lot of people off either, though. This is a lot more accessible than people might think, and it could also be one of those gateway records. If if I was struggling with this genre or in getting into this genre, this would be an album I'd say, here, try this one on, because there's enough of a, a reference point for most people to find something in here that they can attach to. Uh, I don't know. None of that's diminishing to this product. I think it's really well done. It, this is really cool. It flowed nicely. The spoken track piece sort of thing right in the middle of the album was a nice touch too. Uh, I thought the album flowed nicely. It was one of those ones where, yeah, like I said, it took me a minute, but once I got into it, I really got into it. This is very, very cool. And yeah, I hope he does more of this. I want to see more comedy, but I wouldn't mind getting some more music as well for sure. So this is very cool. Eight out of 10 from me. Uh, High on fire, hell, the gods and in life we trust the lyrics fucking hell the lyrics are really on this one. Oh yeah now we're gonna really change fucking gears <laughs> we are going to completely change gears to one that you actually found and, and said we have to do this one uh this is nuclear power trio uh with clear and present rager yes that is the title uh i'll go i'll go through this, this it's an ep it's nuclear power trio the EP title is A Clear and Present Rager. The song titles are, that's the title track. Then you've got Grabbing by the Pyongyang, The Fusion Collusion, Ukraine in the Membrane, and Mutually Assured the, uh, Seduction. Those are the song titles, okay? Just so you know what you're in for here. Five tracks for 19 minutes. The debut EP from uh, Power Trio made up of Donald Trump, Vladimir Putin, and Kim Jong-un. Uh, released October 2020 by Metal Blade Records, produced by Dave Odero at Flatline Audio. Not a lot of information on this, but when you do get under the hood for it, uh, you look at the writing credits in the show. It's Greg Burgess of Allergen, uh, Nick Shenzilos, uh, of Job for a Cowboy, and Pete Webber of Havoc, uh, the band members for this. And like I said, Tim wanted this one. So, Tim, over to you. Uh, Havoc and Job for a Cowboy, they do it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is there anything those guys can't do? <laughs> so, so the story behind this is Metal Blade. So you know the story, YouTube. do you? No, I'm just the story that we're doing this on the show. Oh, okay. Metal Blade put it up on YouTube. This clip had like 10,000 views, and the clip yeah. was grabbed by the Pyongyang. Yep. <laughs> and what it is was uh, Kim Jong Un, whom I love, <laughs> uh, Donald Trump, and Vladimir Putin. <laughs> yep. Played a game of pick pick up basketball while this kind of you know. Jazz fusion metal was playing in the background. I'm like, this is uh, this is something else. This is tailor made for me. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is this is, uh, this is something I we must listen to. Yes. And to be honest with you, I think this is one of the best EPs I've ever heard. It's up there, isn't it? It's very very cool. Frankly, um, like again, jazz fusion-y Metal is the only way I can describe it. Yeah, but the way like this, you you hear you hear grabbing by the Pyongyang, and you know, yeah, to hear that you know Kim Jong Un's playing drums. <laughs> a, like you you think it's going to be silly, but the fact is, this is one of the most spectacularly well written EPs I've ever heard. It's very well done. Right, the playing is phenomenal. the The writing is phenomenal. This has no right to be this good. Yeah, and in a way, you know, as much as I love the gimmick, I'm kind of disappointed by it because everybody's just going to overlook it. Yeah, like to the point where I'm like, I'm sharing this with friends and they're laughing at. It. I'm like, no, remember, fucking listen to it. <laughs> that's you need the, to listen that's to the problem, it. isn't it? Yeah, that's the problem. And yeah. like, what I loved about this too, like. Because one of the things when you listen to it, it's got a really unique bass tone. Right? Yeah. And it's up there um, too. Like they, they pump it up in the mix. They really pump it up. But the thing yep. is, everything's pumped up in the mix, right? So it's an instrumental instrumental EP too. Yeah. But the way it works is there's obviously using a lot of drums. And one of the things with drums is it's the only instrument where dyna- like you pick, you've got every instrument, every 
range for your pitch. Your cymbals are going to be higher than the highest guitar notes. Yep. And your bass drum is going to be lower than the lowest bass note. So what they've done is they've got themselves this really nice drum sound, this great snare drum sound, and then they've picked – and then they've worked the guitar tones and the bass yeah. tones around the drum kit yep. so that everything can sit at the front to make up for the lack of vocals, yep. but – nothing walks on top of each other. Yeah. So you can have like the drummers doing something crazy. The guitarist is soloing and the bass player is soloing over the top of the guitar player. The only thing they do you is push hear... all the faders. That's all. Yeah. And you can hear everything. Yep. It is like, this is one of the most like, this is, this is spectacularly well. One done. of the best produced things I've heard all year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And the playing is phenomenal. The writing is phenomenal. Like, like I've, I have to give it a ten. <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> I have to, but, but yeah. where's the fault in it? It's hard, isn't it? Like the only reason I can think to not give it a ten is it's an EP. Yeah, because um, um, I've never given an EP a higher score than like an eight. Mm. But this is a special EP. <laughs> It is. There's yeah. This is uh something unreal. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, so anyways, my highlight is Ukraine in the membrane. <laughs> <laughs> One of mine as well. Yep. Uh but look, they're 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 all they're all classic, classic tracks. And like, yeah. like I've listened to this nonstop since I heard it. So easy to do, it's a short listen, so yeah, and like every time I get bored of listening to something else, like this is just my default go-to now. It's a good palate so, cleanser, isn't it? It's a really yeah. good palate cleanser. Yeah. Um, and I love its energy. It just feels youthful, so, if that makes sense. This is this is what the John Petrucci album should have been. Yes, definitely. Yes. Like if you're into that, if you're into, you know, Dream Theater, or if you're into, you know, like the Chris Broderick and Jeff Loomis solo stuff, you should check this out. Because um, um, frankly, it's better than all of it. But it's not not over the top either. No. You know, anyone could listen to this and it'll make you smile. No, because there's hooks and there's melodies yeah. and there's storytelling. Like, But yeah, if, if there was a basic comparison, like this is what Petrucci should have done. Yeah, it would have made it a lot more interesting. This yeah. is what you expect when you when you hear names like that. And yeah. When you see it, like, as opposed to you know, deathcore thrash metal guys like Job for a Cowboy and Havoc. <laughs> yeah. They're doing the prog better than John Petrucci. Yeah, I know. And I'm pretty sure some of our fellow panelists might have something to say about that, but they probably haven't listened to this yet. So before you they haven't listened to it, us, they haven't listened to it. So Dave and Mick in particular, listen to this one. I want, I want their opinion on this actually. It's a 20 minute EP, boys. You go and listen to this one and let us know you think. This, you look at the imagery attached to this, and it's nothing like what you expect. <laughs> it is nothing like what you expect. There's nothing, the whole gimmick is satirical, but the music is not. The music is proggy goodness done right. Uh, all instrumental, no vocals, has been covered off the tones. I mean, we've, we, I could bang on about this production for, for all time. The balance in this mix, along with those tones, is fantastic. The way things move backward and forward to serve the songs and also tell that story in the composition, which is important with this stuff without having lyrics or vocals to go with it, is artfully done. Uh, you know, the whole thing. So the production combined with the composition and the performances, and it all worked hand in hand with each other nothing was over the top nothing was overplayed nothing was overproduced you know none of it was over the top for how impressively well done this is usually you find a downside in that regard and you can't find one on this from that the technical execution of this is one of the best things i've heard all year uh you i love how on this one, you get the drum fills that, you know, sort of, and everything backs off, let the drums do the thing. And then they'll, then the other elements will back off and the bass will do its thing. And then they'll back off and do the guitar, do the thing. The drama builds, you get payoffs in every song, all the sort of stuff. It was, yeah, I don't know. Fuck. You don't get many like this. Uh, I love the use of different tempos, the different instrumental tones on this one as well. It wasn't just a three piece. There was a little, a little bit going on laid in there. Um, it's all subtly done, but it gives you not only the, the speaker listen, which is fun and energetic and keeps you going, but the, the deep dive listen is 
there's a bit going on. You can get into it a bit more and, and you know, it stays with you as well. And for this sort of stuff, that's the thing too. For this sort of proggy music, it doesn't normally have the ability to stay in your mind, but now you can look at the song titles and you can hear them. And that, that's pretty cool for mine. You don't get a lot like that in this regard. There's enough hooks in there to yeah. where it's catchy. And that's the thing. And They've managed to do a catchy instrumental album. Yeah, I know. And that's remarkable. That's a, a, yeah, that, that's a prog album. Yeah. And the thing is that it's not, you know, people think prog and it's not that snobby. It's not snobby at all. This no, that's, has... what I mean. that's what I mean. Like again, this was made by Thrash and Deathcore guys. Mm. It's like it's is this is this is made by guys that do two note breakdowns. Yeah. Like and you can hear that influence on here without without them actually doing it. Yeah, because it shows in the song writing how it's not over the top. This is not overbearing like a lot of the proggy sort of stuff is. It's like it's just too much for people that don't want that kind of thing. Anyone can listen to this. Everyone should listen to this. Uh, it's just... But I could show my dad this and he'd love it. Yeah. I don't know if I could get away with it my dad, but I could probably play it to my kids and they'll probably enjoy it. So that'd be... Yeah, yeah but like... You know, and my kids yeah. are pretty well formed their own opinion on music these days. I reckon Zach in particular will probably really enjoy this one, to be honest. Uh, the, the the There was little throwback elements in there, like callbacks, just little melod- melodic hooks that weren't quite original, but they were used as callback moments, just little things that made you recall other bits and pieces of music. And that, I think, ties into the, their influences a little bit more. And it gave people like me that aren't as prog-based more anchor points to get into it as well. It wasn't a ripoff thing. It was just, they were just little, hang on, there's a, there's a little something here that you might know and that just gives you a hook. Not not the catchy kind, but just gives you a way to stay embedded with this release, which is incredibly intelligently done. This thing flows well for an EP. This is a fantastic little listen. Uh, it's incredibly well done. Don't let the gimmick put you off on this. This is some damn fine music. I did give it a nine because it is an EP. I would like to hear what they could accomplish with an album. Uh, I don't know if I'd actually, this is great as an EP that have to do a bit more with an album to, but but you don't need an album. Put it this way, right? We reviewed Havoc's new album Mm. and it was like an average of like nine and a half. Mm. So, um, they're doing, doing something. Doing something, right? <laughs> yeah. Have chops we'll use, and this has more than enough. But they also they've kept it accessible, which is incredibly well done. This is what you want when you hear, you know, prog, jazz fusion, metal kind of stuff. This is what you want when you hear that sort of stuff talked about. Like I said, nine out of ten for me. A clear and present ranger, a ranger, as well as Ukraine in the membrane were my standouts on this one. So that was very well done. Have you ever given an EP a higher score? If I have, it wouldn't be many. <laughs> In all the years I've been doing this, if I've given an EP a higher score than a nine, there wouldn't be many at all. Maybe I could count on one hand in nearly 10 years that I've probably given a nine and a half. I don't know if I've ever given a 10 to an EP. I might have, but it, fuck. Yeah, the only EP I can remember thinking that there was this good was the old Boris of Blade EP. Mm. Um. That would have been like 2012 or so. Mm. But again, completely different style. But again, it was just one of those where every track killed. Yeah. For me, I find it personally hard to give an EP a 10. But Oh, this is a special occasion. It is. (laughs) It is. And it's well worth. This is is including the gimmick, including the the song titles, including the... uh, yeah. And let's face it, there's personal bias there. Oh, yeah. But, but from uh, top yeah. to bottom, everything about this is fun too, which is, I don't think you can understate that, especially in this year. To release this sort of fun energy in 2020, the shit show that it is, brilliant. The day, the week of the US election. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we just, and it's funny because they've only got like 10,000 views or something on YouTube, but it's impressive stuff. You're sitting there going, fuck me dead. I hope this gets a bit more out there. The people, for me, 
It has no right to be this good. No, it shouldn't be this good, but fuck, it is this good. Uh, definitely, definitely, definitely. If you check out one EP this year, this is probably the one to check out because this is very, very special. Very, very special. Credits all involved. I hope I'll try and tag them on Twitter or something if they've even got a Twitter account. I don't know. I've got a Facebook account, but I think it might be it. Uh, so I'll make sure when we do release this one as a standalone video that we tag them in it and hopefully they see this review and. <laughs> I don't know, but we'll see what happens. I just hope Make it gets it awesome. because we all really want to hear it. Yeah, I know. That's fuck. It's good. I hope people hear it. I got to stick this one to the show. I reckon it's it's a it's a different one for sure. Uh, TV broadcast. That one might be one for the TV broadcast. But we do need to move along. We will have some fun. So now it's time for main event of the evening and because at the end of this month the special episode is all about the year 1980 we've been polling the audience and we've got our top 12 albums that we're going to go through on that one at the end of the month but as part of these deep cut sessions we tend to do a bit of a, a precursor leading up to it and so for this one around one of the ones that didn't quite get to the top 12 it was triumph with progressions of power this is a band that tends to poll pretty well when we go to the 70s and 80s uh, so this is nine tracks for 41 minutes. The fourth studio album from the Canadian band released March 1980 via Attic, RCA and TML. Produced by the band at Metalwork Studios in Ontario. Uh, this album peaked number 32 on the Billboard 200. And we're doing this, like I said, as part of our 1980 special. So Tim, how did you go with this one after <laughs> going from Nuclear Power Trio? I listened to it the day after. Uh, yeah, a smart decision. Very smart decision, yes. Uh, yes, but... Um... This is actually a very interesting lesson um, on knowing that it came out in 1980. Yeah. Uh, because it does have like one foot in the 80s, but also songwriting wise, one foot in the 70s. Definitely. Which is actually kind of remarkable when you consider it came out in 1980. Because mm. well, it kind of sounds like an 80s album when it really shouldn't. Just because. Well, it you would know, have been written it, in the 70s more than the 80s. And well, yeah, this is 80s before. Like, nobody knows what the 80s sound like in 1980, but it's still got that kind of trebly guitar tone and yeah. that, you know, impressive lead work and mm. that kind of vocal style that you would, you know, you'd think, you know, guys like Van Halen would have influenced. Yeah. But, um, you know, like these guys are doing it in 1980, which is what makes it, for me, a very interesting listen. Yeah. But when you do take that and you combine it with, you know, they do have that very 70s groove, mm -hmm. that kind of, you know, yeah. I don't want to say disco influenced, but it's that very, you know, no, but it's that very relaxed, behind mm. the beat, heavy hand, kind of John Bonham, Mitch Mitchell kind Definite of Definite classic rock. Yeah. Yeah. And when you, they, they, it's, it's sort of like they've unintentionally blended the two together, which makes it mm. a very um, unique sounding record. And I, yeah. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, cool. Um, it's like, I, I would love, because we've done Triumph albums before. We did one before and it didn't go as well. It was okay. a, bit a bit of a miss the last time around. It didn't didn't quite go as well. Okay, because like I was gonna say, like I'd be interested to see what they sounded like more in the eighties, because I think the one we did do was the album just before this, I think. Okay, well, yeah, because like it sounds, I was like, I'd be curious to see how they go, like if they released an album in like nineteen eighty five. Well, I'm just going to, I'm quickly, this is the beautiful, this is the beautiful thing about going to do this online because I can actually pull it up and have a look at it. So just go to their discography quickly. We did Allied Forces actually, which is the one after this. Okay. Uh, they start, their first album was 76. The last album was in 92. They did release one in 84 and also 86. So that might be ones worth checking. Yeah. I'd be curious to see what they sound like, you know, once they've got that more 80s influence there. Mm. Because you know, if they, I, I can imagine if they lost that seventies now, that it would kind of you know be a bummer. But because of that, this is actually well worth a listen. Yeah, the seventies um, aspect was noticeable and worked well for them. Yeah, almost. Um, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of compare it to you, kind of like a like a hard rock Jimi Hendrix kind of feel. Yeah, but with that, you know, eighties style vocal and guitar tone and all that. Uh, Nature's Child is my highlight, an 8 out of 10. 
Nice. Cool. Well, like I said, we have done one album in the past, the one after this, and whilst that wasn't as huge a success, this is a band that has a lot of love for them. Whenever we poll an audience or do an audience poll and they have an album that's eligible in the terms of what we poll, they always they always poll really well. So this is one of those bands that's really well loved. Well, I'll quickly go through it. One, two, three. And I've got enough albums we could do a special on them at some point too, actually. Um, there you go. More underground kind of ones that... People know them, obviously, but they're not, I don't think, up there as one of the big, big household names either. So there'd be something interesting there to go through. Vintage classic rock, like you said, it's got that 70s influence clearly through this. I mean, they started in the 70s, so it makes sense. But they, they do have that thing where they're sitting at the in the year 1980, but this sounds like an 80s record from years beyond that while staying one foot. It's, it's perfectly straddling. It's got one foot yeah. in the 70s, one foot in the 80s, and it's perfectly balanced in those two, like in the strengths of those two eras. Really cool energy on this. Great vintage classic rock. Got the blues bass under it. Uh, this has a, a lot of fun in it. The, the listen, the energy from the era is kind of captured and put down onto this too, which is really cool. And it actually sounds really good today. It's held up pretty well. It's still a, a vibrant and, and warm mix, which is... That caught me by surprise. I didn't think it'd sound as good as it does today. It still sounds really good. Follows the established classic formula. Uh, it's got peaks and troughs. The ballads bring the contrast really nicely to the up-tempo stuff. And they've got a few different tracks in there too that will make you sit up and take notice of what they're doing now. I don't think every track will please every person out there kind of thing. It's not one of those albums, but it definitely takes on a journey, which is from an era where the whole album was important that makes sense in what they were doing with it. It all fits in its place really nicely. Solid space in the writing and the mix. Basically, if you like classic rock for just how classic rock sounds, this is one you should listen to. The old school painting on this was good. Performances were great. Everything served the songs, but I've got to give a nod to some of the vocal work. Some of the vocals actually really impressed me. There were some, some notes used in there, especially in the slower tracks where they, they, while the music slowed down, the vocals kind of went for it a bit and they that worked really well. That was a bit of a surprise to me. I didn't expect that one and it came out nicely. And I like the overall composition. I, I Going into this after the last one, I wasn't thinking too highly in advance and this was a nice surprise all round. The old school studio tricks were, were on this, which was cool. Not, this really felt for the first time in a long time, especially in the context that we listen to in this uh, series of, of albums too. This really felt like going back to the whole record to tape, press it to vinyl era. It has that all over it, but without any of the negative sort of time stamping that comes from it too. It felt like going home in a lot of respects. You know, it's got that old, you got your comfortable denim or your comfortable leather. It's got that feel about it. It's one of those albums. It's just a really inviting listen to go to. It's got some balls without going too heavy. It's got the ballads on there as well. Uh, on the deep listen, it was rewarding. It was easy to repeat listen to because it was a sneaky kind of a grower. I didn't think it'd be as much of a grower kind of a record as it was, but the more I spent time with it, the more I came to enjoy it. Uh, there is some cheese on this as well. Like the track Take My Heart was a bit of a cheesy sort of thing, but that is expected from the era. So it's not a bad thing, but there was a cool little instrumental moment on this too. And that's why I was saying there's a few different sort of nods on this or moments on this album, which all flow together nicely. The whole thing is very well executed. It's not boring, not overly long. It's it, not, I wouldn't put it up there as an all time great, but it's a very, very good record. If you like classic rock, but have overlooked this one, check this one out. This is good. Uh, this is probably underappreciated it makes me un like understand why the audience poll with this band so regularly and, and so well because if they put out albums like this this is this makes me get it this one does i, I like this one a lot i out of 10 from me i live for the weekend in the night and hard road were my standouts on this one so there we go. We, we did have another episode where we agreed the whole way. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much on par with the, sc the scores as well. But um, we found some good ones yet again. So it's been a lot of good music releases here. And because we're playing a bit of catch up too, we're able to pick a little bit more, I guess. So we're, we're yeah. bypassing ones that aren't quite getting our attention and we're paying a bit more attention to what does get our attention because we know you're condensing the timeline of what we've got between now and the end of the year before our top tens. 
So we had to be a bit more picky with it and we're going for it. So it's going pretty well. Uh, so I guess, yeah, between now and the end of the year, probably going to get a lot more sessions like this until we get, but it'd be interesting to see if we get a few more people in the sessions, if it would be as unanimous as this. I don't know. Would be. Well, yeah, I think some, 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 you know, you probably get the right. Some reviews have had the right people reviewing them. That's true as well. Yeah. It does make a difference when you get the, the people that have the taste that can handle what's being thrown at them. <laughs> But yeah, getting in particular Dave's opinion on the on the nuclear power trio that would have been he would have yeah that's what I'm interested in yeah I reckon Dave would lose his mind over this one. But we are at the end of the road for this episode. Uh, so again, our details are there for you. Please follow, subscribe, like, give us your feedback, all this sort of stuff. Whether it's in audio or video form, our details are in the description for this one. Uh, so please do check it out and follow us. Uh, we also have Patreon out there. It's, it's in the details as well. If you'd like to check us out and, and give us a bit of support to help us do more of what we do, then that would be greatly appreciated. It's not much. Just have a quick look there. And uh, a big thank you to our wonderful, amazing sponsors in Squidding, Screen Printing, Alt, Colt, and Rockstar Finance. Make sure you give them some love as well for the support they give us here. Again, their details are in the same description. Give them a follow. Just show them a bit of support. We're not only online. We are still on TV for a little while at least. So make sure you're tuning in on Saturday nights on Channel 31 in Melbourne and Channel 44 Adelaide at Thursday nights. And they're both at 10.30 p.m. And like I said, our next special episode at the end of this month is all about the year that was 1980. And in our next session, we'll be covering the latest from Red Sea, Fate's Warning, Jeff Scott Soto and Orianthi and a few other things in there as well. But as every episode, it is now time for... (laughs) The bin. Here we go. (laughs) There's the... There's only two of us, and uh, I've got a few here, so I've got something that's at least relatively funny to, to go to at the end. So what have you got for the bin? Have you got anything for the bin, or are you unprepared? Uh, I am going to go with the low-hanging fruit. Yep. That is the <laughs> fallout. Sorry? Sorry, what was that? I was saying there's actually a little bit of that around at the moment, but, yeah, which one are you going for? Oh, my God. The low-hanging I'm just going to say the general fallout of the 2020 U.S. election. <laughs> now, I don't want to. I don't want to undersell it because, in reality, it's probably one of the most important elections of all time. Definitely in recent history. Definitely in recent history. But um, yeah, uh, it's amazing how quickly a people forgot history. Yes. Like, I mean, it's outrageous that election took three days to call. I think the 2000 election took a month to call. Yeah. Or the uh, the one that Bush... Yeah, 2000. Yeah, that was... Yeah. That took forever. Well, which, which, which he lost. Yeah. Well, yeah, well... Um, <laughs> to, to even, like, you know, counting to 100 million takes a while. Mm. To... Postal votes are legal. Once you lose, you lose. To yeah. we should have a civil. Don't call me a Nazi. We should have a coup. To uh, <laughs> only count uh, the votes in the places we're behind. Yeah, uh, it's a mirage of things. Um, yeah, it's quite. It's really quite spectacular to watch. Uh, it's a bit of a devolution of things, isn't it? Yeah, like, you know, you know. I've got Fox News on and CNN on for balanced. <laughs> okay. <laughs> neither, neither, neither of which are correct. No. Uh, just the general fallout of this election is a very... Uh, I, I had to laugh at it, so I didn't cry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good way of putting it. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Everyone do better. Yeah. So that, that lot of hanging fruits going to the bin for you? Yes. Yeah. No, it's a it's a good call. Um I will say on that note, it was nice to hear some grown-ups talking again. <laughs> From yeah. positions of leadership. It was very nice to hear some grown-ups talking. I know that some people won't like that we've just said that, but that's okay. And that doesn't mean we don't like the individuals any less than we do. We just have some different points of view. I've got a couple. Uh the first one is in a similar vein. Um people like John Sammy Newman, he can go in the bin. Uh, Dave Hughes can go in the bin. 
both of those can go into the bin for their perpetual negative commentary online and for some of the completely despicable things they have said of late. If you don't want to know, then don't follow them. I don't follow them, but I see enough of their stuff on Twitter. It's pretty deplorable stuff, so I'm not going to bother repeating it, but they can go in the bin. And also, for the record, Scott Morrison can go in the bin for calling a press conference to congratulate Joe Biden on winning the election during the middle of the Daniel Andrews press conference for us in Victoria telling us about the restrictions being lifted. He couldn't wait until after that was done or wait until after Biden had his speech. He had to do it in the middle of Daniel Andrews' speech, which shows to me, once and for all, that Scott Morrison doesn't give two flying fucks about Victoria. He's the uh, Prime Minister of New South Wales and probably not a lot else. That's my uh, serious one. There is a fun bin that I'm going to bring up, though, to lighten the mood so it's not just going out in the down. I've noticed a trend on our YouTube videos. This is going to sound really bizarre. There'll be videos, I'll put up a block of videos and they'll sit there for a while. And then you know, every, every video has sort of thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm not, I don't get caught up in, in, the, in the silliness of, you know, how many thumbs up, how many thumbs down you've got in your videos. I don't really stress about that too much at all. But what I find, and it happens regularly, is that we'll have a block of videos and they'll be at 100% likes or you'll have maybe one outlier here or there that don't have 100% likes. They've got, you know, they haven't been ratioed or anything like that. But then what will happen is from literally one day to the next, a whole raft of them will have at least one thumbs down on them. <laughs> so, so someone is going to our channel to deliberately thumbs down videos and like, well done. If you're that bored, seriously. Um, but just, what the fuck is that shit? If you've got that much time in your hands, get a hobby. Um, or if you don't like us that much, at least tell us why. Give me some sort of feedback to work with. But, you know, I'm probably not going to change what I do anyway. I don't think any of us are going to change what we do. So whatever. I just found that amusing. and just thought, you know, I can put that. If that's the best you've got to do with your time, then that can go in the bin. That's I, I do love the comments, like, when we can something and then you get, like, Somebody who's obviously really passionate about it. Yeah, I, I I love those comments. They're cool though. I actually like those. Because it's just kind of like, hey, do you boo? I like yeah. it. I like it when they get disproportionately abusive for just an opinion. Which it's the end of the day, it's music, man. Like, oh, it's going to be divisive anyway. Like, That's the point. Like what you like. Hmm. You know, we just said that no one should like something. We just say yeah, this well, you don't like. Except for nuclear power trio, you should like that. Everyone should like that. Yes, <laughs> that's been the find of this week. I reckon probably, you know, we have that new discovery for the year. That's probably going to be right up there if it's not the one yeah. for the year. So we'll see we get that. But yeah, let it let it be. But I just thought it was amusing to notice that trend. It's been a few times and it happened again this week. And I'm like, nah, there's there's someone actually finding our videos and taking the time to do it. So well done, but in the bin with you. <laughs> well, thanks for the views anyway. Yeah. so um, it's a bit of fun and games. They gave us a click at least, so I don't know if that means we're going to show up more That's or it. less in their algorithm, though, which will be interesting. I want to get the feedback on that if we're showing up more or less in their feedback on their on the algorithm form. But whatever, it's all good. Bit of fun. But thank you out there for, for tuning in and putting up with our antics once again, and thank you to you, Tim, for sitting down with me tonight to, to knock out a bit more. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Always fun and games, but we'll uh, we'll be seeing each other again very, very soon. I'm sure we'll see you all out there very soon as well. But until then, I'm Andrew. Tim. As always. Drink up. Rock on. When they announced they were reopening, I'm like, okay, I'll give it a couple of days and then I'll go. Yeah. I'll go. And the line is like fucking 50 meters out the locked door. <laughs> I'm not waiting in this. This is like for a buzz cut. It's going to take five minutes and cost 10 bucks. You couldn't do it yourself. We got someone you know to do it for you. Yeah. But uh, my hair is very thick. Mm, I know that. And curly. So yeah, I, I can break the razor if it's not a good razor. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so.
you got to um you got Hulk hair. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I can hold stuff in there. Like, like I got. Like, like I got. Yeah. Like I can. <laughs> I got strong hair. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. That's that's um that'll do it. Mine yeah. that. Mine's way too fine. I've got a lot of it, but it's really fine. <laughs>